Welcome to the Support Ops Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Clemens. This is a show devoted entirely to bringing some humanity back to the world of customer support. Find us on the web at supportops.co, and we're on Twitter. We're at supportops there. This is episode number nine with special guest Jason Remus. Um, I originally met him a few years ago when I was hired on by 37 Signals, right around the time that he was leaving. In fact, he was the one that I learned a lot about customer support from um, him indirectly a little bit, but a lot of just going back and pouring over his previous cases, interactions, that kind of thing. Um, I even stole a lot of his snippets along the way. Jason launched Sweating Commas, where you can hire him to be your personal editor for the things you write. So a huge welcome to my good friend, Jason. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Chase. Thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. Yeah, awesome. So let's kind of start with sweating commas, you know, where did this idea of a personal editor for hire come from? When we think personal editors, we tend to think more along the lines of like newspaper, uh, you know, reporters have editors, that kind of thing. Um, independent authors, not so much. No. And I, there's from where I sat looking at the, the landscape of bloggers and independent writers who are making eBooks and perhaps publishing email newsletters, there just didn't seem to be an opportunity to work with a professional editor. I'm sure they're out there. And and even over the last few weeks that I've launched, I've come across more places where I'm finding people offering services like that, but I didn't see it. And I, and I didn't see anything that really appealed to the people who were publishing on a frequent basis, at least an easy way to work with somebody. So my goal with sweating commas was to provide a real simple way for any writer to partner with me and improve what they're putting out. Awesome. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, editing feels like a pretty tedious process to me. You know, you're checking for this comma, this phrasing, that kind of thing. Um, kind of like similar to, you know, my day job is customer support. So I'm looking at this email, looking at that email, replying all day long. Uh, how do you break up your day so you're not just overwhelmed by all those sentences and letters and commas on the screen? I have the advantage over the writer because I didn't live with the piece through draft after draft or thinking about it or struggling with it. By the time it comes to me, it really just needs that one last or two last passes to get through it. And so I'm not, I don't have that same tunnel vision with the work that the author has while doing the work. You know, for example, when you sit down to write a piece, you will overlook something because you've been struggling with it or wrestling with it or even just thinking a lot about it. And so it's easy to overlook a simple misspelling like T-H-E-I-R where it should be T-H-E-R-E. But I have that distance from not having worked with it where I can sit down and catch those things more readily. But after a few, it you're right, it does get to be a little bit of a challenge. And the thing is, just step away, engage my brain in something else for a little while. If you watch House of Cards, he's into first-person shooters. I'm not into first-person shooters, but, you know, maybe shoot some basketball hoops in my in my office or take my dog for a walk or something to just kind of break up the day. See, that's I, I'm definitely a first-person shooter kind of guy. Uh, not PS3 like he was in House of Cards, but... But Xbox, and I was thinking about putting a TV down here just for that sole purpose, just to break up the monotony and, and kind of get out of that 
email after email or edit after edit kind of thing. Even just changing the environment, you know, if I work for the morning in my office and then, you know, my eyes are starting to get tired. So I'll just step away, brew a cup of coffee, bring my computer out into another room, work from there for a little while, just anything to change up what it is that I'm doing and not just focusing solely on each and every word one at a time. Because there are other tasks that you can do when you're editing to help improve a piece besides just scrutinizing every tiny little detail all at once. So you mentioned uh, the whole changing your environment, working you know, from this room, that room, that kind of thing. And, and that's one of the luxuries you have working remote, which you've done a few few years now, right? Yeah, and I absolutely love it. I I don't think I, I – the joke I tell people is I'm completely unemployable because I wouldn't be able to tolerate having to go into an office at all anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm a huge fan of it too. I've heard both sides of it. I've, I've heard about – uh, we had a guest on the show from Squarepa- uh, Squarespace where she was talking about how their support team is is all there in the, the company headquarters, which is it's good for times when you need to bring everybody together in a room, and it definitely has its advantages, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, I just like working remote. Um, it's it's the, the freedom that you get with it is totally worth it. Um, so, you know, what's your overall experience with it? Can, can you kind of give me the, the good, the bad and the ugly in a sense of, of you having worked remotely for so long? The good is I'm able to really focus on what it is I'm doing for the most part. There are still some distractions that get in my way as far as instant messaging or inbound emails. I can tune those out really well. I can turn off the software, no problem. But I do have some people that I work with who feel it necessary to get in touch with me at a moment's notice. I haven't been able to completely shake that yet. But for the most part, just just being able to be distanced from anything that's not related to the work I'm doing is a huge, huge thing. Any office that I've worked in before, finding that ability to really dive headlong into what I'm doing has has really been a challenge. The bad is there are no people around me at all. And that can be very challenging at times, simply because I'm very critical of the work that I do. And I hold myself to very high standards. And if I don't interact with people about the work that I'm doing, whether it's meeting with a friend for coffee or working in an environment where other people are working alongside of me, like a co-working space or something, I can totally lose perspective and get really down on the quality of the work that I'm doing when, in fact, the quality is just fine. I just don't have the, uh, these human buffers to, to bounce my frustrations or bounce my perceptions off of to kind of keep me grounded. You know, you brought up the fact that you can just – basically shut those apps down whenever you need to, to kind of step away from everything. And it's, it's something that I haven't really delved into much uh, as far as, you know, our listeners with the show here Um, when it comes to keeping it in touch, what kind of apps are you using? You know, I, I, for my job at 37 signals, campfire is a big one. Of course, it's our group chat that everybody can talk in at the same time. Um, 
instant messenger with Apple um, or any other IM chat is really great for, for talking to individual people. Um, what's kind of your setup as far as communicating with your, your clients and, and other people on your team that you need to talk to? For me, it's mostly email and instant messaging. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of Skype from time to time, but that's usually by appointment. The what's what's frustrating to me is having to manage multiple channels of communication. So it's it's I don't like to have Skype open and have messages open so that I can do Google Talk and AIM all at the same time. So I prefer to just have one app that I can turn on and deal with as needed. Um, but as far as my clients with sweating commas, that's kind of fun for me because I'm shifting away from communicating via email and simply allowing them to give me the work as it comes. And, and then they know what the expectation is in terms of getting it back. So we don't really need to say, hey, I'm giving this to you and I want it back by such and such a time. I just share a Dropbox folder with them. They throw the file in the folder when it's ready. I get a notification on my desktop using Hazel and then I know to get to work on it and they know when to expect it back. So when I'm done doing the job, I drop it back into that folder. If they're using a Mac and they have Hazel, they'll get a notification. Otherwise, they just check into that folder whenever they're ready to keep working on it. And we can have this workflow and communication portal without even really, quote unquote, formally communicating, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's all just kind of those Hazel notifications like you mentioned. Yeah, just throw just throw it into the inbox and it'll arrive when it's ready. And it's been working great so far. So I love this line from your site um, and just kind of quoting verbatim here. You've probably never heard of me because I work in the background. I'm not famous because my job is to make you look good. Your work is yours. Your readers won't know I'm involved unless you tell them. And I think that's kind of becoming more acceptable when it comes to online work too. Um, I think, you know, if I do my job right on customer support, then the only time you'll ever talk to me is when something goes wrong. You don't ever hear about me because I, I'm working in the background um, and just coming in to kind of rescue the day when, when I need to. But if everything goes right, then you'll probably never even know my name, even though we're on the backside of, a, of an app supporting it. Um, you know, is that kind of the, the feeling you get too? is, you know, you just, you want the, the author's voice to come out more than, than your own? Yeah, I primarily wrote that because on the internet today, there's a, there's an interesting currency of popularity or currency of fame and that we're all kind of citizens of the internet. And one way that we help each other out is by promoting what the other person is doing. And so I wanted it to be abundantly clear that the, to the customers that I work with, that whatever comes to me doesn't, isn't shared with anybody whatsoever in any way, shape or form, because this is their work and that trust them being able to trust me is is so important that I am essentially wiping my hands of any involvement with it simply for the for them to be confident that 
what comes back to them and gets published will only ever be attributed to them unless they want to let somebody know that I helped them out with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I mean, you know, whenever I pick up a book, I know that that book has editors somewhere, but it's not like they're really mentioned unless the the author mentions them in an acknowledgement section or something like that. Right. And, and it's, the work that the writer did is still the writers, no matter how many people were involved in helping out to create that book or to create that graphic novel or whatever else that they're, that they're creating. And so my assurance to my customers is your work is your work. I'm going to help you make it be the best work possible, but in no way am I going to want any any sort of credit for what it is that you're turning out that's essentially what it boils down to so it's not like i can i can edit you to uh, edit you see i can't even talk today this is what happens <laughs> at 5 30 on a thursday afternoon it's just like hmm, my brain's gone uh what i meant to say was it's not like i can really hire you to edit all of the the customer email support emails i work with all day what's what's the line when it comes for for me and for our listeners uh to editing with a with a customer email you know if they get finished writing out a reply to a customer is it is just once over enough to make sure that they're getting the point across that it's it's clean it's concise that kind of thing or uh you know what's your kind of recommendations for how many times somebody should be looking over their own their own writing well when you're dealing in a customer support setting you absolutely need to do one last read through before clicking the send button. And that's hard for a lot of people to, to swallow because you've got so many emails that you're dealing with on a daily basis. And if you're reading everyone after you've written it, you're kind of doubling the amount of work that you have to do. You can mitigate some of that by using text expander snippets or in extreme cases, complete canned responses so that you know it's already been edited once. You don't have to read through that whole thing again. But it's very important to make sure anything that you're sending out, whether it's to a customer in a help situation, whether it's an email to, especially if it's an email to a potential employer, if you're applying for a job, you've got to understand that you don't have the luxury of the face-to-face interaction that helps to put context or perspective around the words that you're sharing with people. And so when you're writing that email, you've got to make sure that you are saying exactly what you want to say. And in a customer support situation, that means you've got to make, you've got to be sure that when you're explaining a process to somebody, you're using the correct terminology. For example, if you're website has a save this button and you're instructing somebody how to make a change on that page and then you tell them and then click save you've just created a piece of a point of friction for your customer because the button actually says save this and if you're just telling them click save or save your changes you're not being as clear as you can be so you want to be make sure that every point in there is crystal clear easily understood and that you're not uh overlapping in the instructions that you're sending to people. Take one thing at a time, explain that clearly, move on to the next thing. So in general, uh, 
how can I get better at, at editing the things that I write? Uh, you know, it, it would be great if I had a personal editor, like I mentioned, you know, you could, you could edit all of my emails, that kind of thing. But when I go through that once over um, and make that final check, how, how can I get better at, at spotting those, those points of friction, like you mentioned? It's, it's tougher with customer support emails because of the immediacy of the whole situation. However, some of the basic principles still apply, whether it's an email to somebody or a blog post. Number one, give yourself some distance between writing and editing as much as possible. It's easier with a blog post to uh, write it all out, maybe go through once doing a spell check using the program's spell check option, but then set it aside, do something else for a time, whether that's switch to a new activity for an hour or let it sit overnight, then come back to it when you've had a chance to be away from it for a time. And because then you can go through it with a fresh set of eyes. Also, with something like blog posts, read it out loud because like it or not, people read by saying the words in front of them inside their head. And if you say those words out loud and they're not coming across as clear, they're not going to become across as clear to the person when they're reading it just in their head. So rely on your spell check for a first look at your piece too, even if it's a customer support email. But also make sure you're aware of those tricky words that can trip people up. They're there and there, two and two. You know, learn the difference between lose and loose and which which one's appropriate in which setting and how to spell it, just so you can keep an eye on those things. I mean, if you've got a program that can do it, you can load those keywords into the system so that it will highlight them when you're typing them out. I don't know of any help desk software that does anything like that. But if you have a program that can highlight certain words at certain times for you, use that to find the tricky words that you know are spelled correctly, but you run the risk of using them incorrectly. Um, se seriously, a little bit of space, letting your computer do have the heavy lifting as far as spell check goes and giving yourself um, uh, re reading it out loud. That was the third one I said. Reading it out loud will just make a huge difference in everything that you do. I seriously don't think that most people read out loud what they've written and if they did they would just be appalled at at how it actually sounds yeah i know there's that's the trick that i that i don't know if you taught me that or sarah hatter taught me that i don't remember but it was the you know when you write out the email and you get finished just read it out loud and that's how you make sure that you know a you're conveying that kind of friendly personality that that uh, that informal tone that kind of thing and, and b it, it gives you a double check on, on making sure that the way you put together a sentence sounds right um, because your mind will catch the whole loose or lose as it's reading through it. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully if everything goes right. Yeah. And I can't stress reading it out loud enough because if you, if, if what you write on paper or on your computer screen does not sound like how you would talk, then your readers aren't going to buy it. They're not going to, they're not going to believe that it's you Particularly, I'm speaking to bloggers right now. Uh, if if you read it out loud and it doesn't sound like you change it, immediately change it. So 
final question, and it's one that I, I like to ask of all the, the guests we have here at the Support Ops Podcast, just because it's a good one. Um, so tell me about the best customer service, the best customer support, the best customer interaction, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, that you've gotten where you were the customer. Um, so you were receiving it rather than giving it. Wow, that's a good question. See, isn't it? Everyone says that. And it's it's one of the reasons I like it. I I tend to only focus on the negative, and I bet that's probably the case for a lot of people too. Well, oh boy. Um, I'm trying to think of something recent. Nothing's really coming to mind, but that's just not to toot my own horn, but I don't tend to get in touch with customer support or customer service people very often because particularly when it comes to software, I just figure it out for myself or I just faster that way. Yeah. (laughs) Or I just move on to something else if I'm, if I'm really frustrated by it. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry. I just, nothing's popping into my mind right now. Nothing got nothing. No, it's a first, it's a first, but it's only nine episodes. So it's not like you're, you're breaking that big of a chain. I've had <laughs> plenty of great customer service experiences. <laughs> I, I just none of them are are coming to mind right now. Yeah, well, Squarespace is fantastic. Uh, that's one. Um, I've had to contact them. I do run sweating commas on Squarespace, and I've had to contact them probably two or three times. Not very much. Just things that I wasn't comfortable with or didn't know. Um, especially since they launched Squarespace six a few months back, because I had been using five prior to that, and they were very responsive, uh, always always responsive, always quick turnaround. They always understood what it was that I was looking for, and they were able to send me a nutshell explanation of it, as well as a link to their help section if I wasn't able to find it on my own. And in fact, I had a question. Um, they just they just uh, announced today some new functionality for their business plan owners, and I had some questions about that when it was still in beta. And so they had a they have a chat widget right on their site, which is right available in the back end from my site as I'm working on it. So I was able to just fire up a chat window, talk with a guy there. I think his name was Will, if he's listening. And he answered all my questions very quickly, very precisely. It was really good. See, you didn't break the the chain. We're good. I I had to ramble around (laughs) a little bit to get to that point, but no, I I didn't have to break the chain. Yeah, you know, Squarespace is great. I don't use them for any of my personal sites, but you were talking about they just launched day their kind of uh, e-commerce business side as far as, you know, like a store, an online store, basically. And I was checking that one out. And it's one of those where... If I didn't already have my wife set up on on what she's running now, I I probably would have jumped at the chance for them. Um, And I might give them a chance. It's kind of, you know, I'm kind of up in the air right now as far as the the whole manually messing around with things as far as website hosting goes. And it's it's definitely in the cards that I might switch and she would be the test bed. Um, But on that note, I, you know, it's rare that I give a a shout out to on these, these shows, but uh, the interaction I had today with a, a support team was just absolutely fantastic. If you are a photographer and running WordPress, um, definitely check out Photocrati. 
so P-H-O-T-O-C-R-A-T-I.com. I'm probably saying it completely wrong. Photocrati? Crotty? I don't know. However you I don't say know. it. You lost me after the K. I'm not sure. It's, yeah, it's it, it's weird. But I'll put a, sh- a link in the uh, the show notes as far as name goes. Really great as far as getting a, a photography website up and running. Um, I ran into some uh, problems today and, and sent an email into their, their support team. And it was within... 10, 15 minutes that I had to reply back. And the guy actually offered to go in and, and fix the thing. So I wouldn't have to worry about it, which was a big thing for me. You know, it's during the middle of the work day and, and things are going wrong with some of the site and he offers to go in and fix it on his end. That was a, a, a really pleasant surprise, not just a link to a help site where I could struggle and, and figure it out. It was really great sure. of him. So that, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, a step beyond what I, what I expected. So blew me out of the water on that. Check them out. I'll make sure to put Squarespace and Photocrati. I'm going with Photocrati. Maybe that's how you say it in, in the uh, show notes. I can't think of any any other way to say it. <laughs> that must be it. Yeah, it's, it's got to be that. Maybe it's in the video. There's a video on the site. So maybe if you watched it, they would they would show that. But this was kind of impromptu. I usually don't throw a shout out to anybody as far as customer support goes. I'm like you. It takes a lot to... Uh, get up on my, my radar. I'm not easily wowed because, um, cause I'm usually the one wowing people quite frankly, <laughs> as, as are you with, with what you do with 37 signals. Yeah. It's, you know, we, uh, I try, I try to do the best I can. And it's always one of those, whenever it comes to customer support and any interaction with a customer, right? So I've done uh, online support. I've done retail. I've ran restaurants. I've had every interaction you can possibly imagine with a customer over the course of 10 years or so. In every case, it always boils down to if the roles were flipped, if I was the customer, what would I want to happen? Yep. And I think that when you put that at the forefront of how you interact with your customers, then it it makes all the difference. The the only thing I would like to add to that is, and and you communicate that in terms of this is what I can do. It you don't ever base the conversation on, well, that's just not allowed, or this is not our policy, or this is not what I can do for you. There's always something that you can do. Even if the only thing you can do is apologize, you say, I'm sorry this is the best I can do, but you always frame it from the perspective of this is the next action we're going to take moving forward in a business relationship. And that's been so helpful to me. Yeah. I think at, at the end of the day, the customer just wants to know what you like you mentioned, what you're, what you're able to do, uh, what's within your power. You know, yeah. they don't expect, well, you know, I'll give you a good example. When I was running a, a barbecue restaurant uh, in the city I lived in before the previous manager had, run a catering order over. And so I come into my shift and get a, a call from him and they're like, Oh, this was missing. And that was missing and, and yada, yada. And, um, you know, his event was already over by that time. So it's not like I could fix the food real quick and run it over to him. That wouldn't do anything. You know, I was able to do that, but it wouldn't have done anything right then for him. Um, so we worked out some, you know, some free catering down the line, that kind of thing. Um, and it's sometimes you have to be creative, but there's always something that you're able to do that, that, will work with the customer. Yeah. Do you mind if I share one example? Go for it. I was working at a bookstore chain and it just so happened that the store that I was physically working at is in the same city as where the corporate headquarters are. And a customer called my store didn't realize that 
we were not the corporate headquarters. But what made it worse was he was given that number from a retail associate at a different store closer to where he lives. So he was having a problem. He needed to escalate the problem, and this person gave him the wrong phone number. Mm. And so he was already upset about something, and he was already upset enough to have to call corporate headquarters. So when I answer the phone, and the first thing I have to tell him is, I'm so sorry that you need to talk to uh, somebody at a different location. He's just like, but they gave me this number, and this didn't work, and I'm so angry. And 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 the what I can do perspective is what I kept in in that conversation. And I just said, I'm so sorry about that, that it really sucks that they gave you the wrong phone number. There isn't anything that I personally can do to make this right for you, but I can give you the correct phone number. I can tell you the exact name of the person you need to talk to. And that person can take care of you. And there was more to the conversation than that. But by the end of the conversation, he just made it very clear that I had taken a really difficult conversation and put it into a, into a, a a workable situation that he could now move forward with whatever it is that he needed to get done. And he was very happy with that. And I was very happy that he took the time to tell me that he was very happy with that, even though he still hadn't resolved his problem. He still had one more step to go to resolve his problem. But I was able to just by telling him, here's what I can do and here's what we can do to get you on your way. He was very happy with that. See, you're the customer hero. Not only did you give us a good story about you on one end receiving good customer service, but you gave it the other end too and giving it. So you're like the giving tree. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'll take that. Yeah, You at least gave us two good stories. So, well, that's it for this show. You can reach out to Jason on Twitter where he's at Sweating Commas and make sure to check out his website, sweatingcommas.com, especially if you're in the need of a uh, of an editor. Thanks to Chase Livingston, our podcast producer, another one of those guys that's behind the scenes. If he does his job right, you'll will sound amazing and you'll never, ever hear his name in, except for in the credits here at the end. And uh, finally, let me know what you thought of the episode. Hit us up on Twitter. We're at SupportOps. Or shoot us an email, uh, show at SupportOps.co. Like I promised, show notes are going to be over at SupportOps.co forward slash podcast. I'm Chase. Until we talk again, have an awesome week.